All right, welcome and welcome back, Towners. We're your hosts, Gianni Roger and Shanae Coleman Durden. And this is Boomtown Stories. All right, so if this is your first time on the Hot Mess Express, we are a comedy interview podcast. We interview different people from different places that do different things and stuff. They got different jobs. <laughs> they were born at different times. I was gonna try to rhyme there, but that's not a strength of mine at all. I actually, I freak out. <laughs> okay, you guys, we're gonna take a small sidebar. Uh, I remember in college when we, there was a game that we used to play. I forget what it was, but like one of the categories was like rhyme time. So if you flipped over the card, you had to rhyme and you did great at that. Really? Oh my gosh. Not the part where you don't know. I thought you were going to say I was bad back then. And I was like, yeah, obviously. Because now it put me on the spot in rhyming. Um, whew, I do not do well. A- anywho, I-, I-, I have nothing for that. Don't drink too much in college, guys. That's the answer. Yeah. Keep your brain cells alive and kicking. Yeah. You are going to need them at some point. And if they're dead, there is nothing they can do for you. Can't get them back. And the other ones are going to be so mad that they're having to do double the work. So um, every week (laughs) we do a signature cocktail. Um, Signature specialty. What signature? We be drinking, y'all. We be drinking. Every week we be drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Did I choose this one? You did. Okay. Okay, this is my turn. Um, I chose the Frida Kahlo. I don't even know if this is like a real, like a, like a, I don't know if this is a real thing. You can go out somewhere and be like, I'd like a Frida Kahlo and they'll make it for you. But somebody in my, in my cocktail group came up with it and I thought it looked fantastic. So I was like, let's do this one. Um, I'm a little scared. I am very scared. When I went to go make it, especially because we're recording on a Sunday night this week. And when I went to go make, there, it, there's just a lot. There's a lot. I don't know if any of it really felt like it went together. No, not in my head, but. That but is, you never know. Yeah, that's the beauty of all of this. You never know. But the wine and a margarita, I never would have done that. And that ended up being amazing. The wine and the margarita and the wine so, with the whiskey. With, like those yeah, were both really great. Love both of those. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. yeah try, try stuff, guys. Yeah, step it out, you know? All right, we are gonna do the drink reveal now. If this is your first time, we have to compare cocktails because we live so far apart and um, neither one of us likes to follow rules. So our cocktails almost never look the same. <laughs> I did not follow the rules this time. Oh, I, I think I did. I, yeah, no, I think I did, yeah. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Dun, da, da, da. You guys, our drinks are, well, mine is mine is served as a martini and she's got hers on the rocks. But other than that, they yeah. look exactly the same. We did a great job. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's taste. Why are you waiting for me? Why are you going so slowly? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I'm trying to stop laughing and I can't. Okay. Are you not drinking? You're not drinking, are you? You're scared. Okay, okay, let's just do it. Bottoms up. Oh. Hmm. That is not 
at all what I was expecting. No, not one bit. Oh, that's nice. I like this. That is delicious. Frida, girl. Ooh, wee. Because the thing is, I don't, I don't really like elderflower liquor that, that much. Not, not a huge fan of that. And then the gin in it. And gin sounds scary. And then with pineapple, it's like, why would you? And I actually, so I had to get some kind of pineapple orange juice concoction thing. So mine is actually a little bit of uh, pineapple, a little bit of orange, and a little bit of apple juice. This, this is good. This, you guys. The smoking, mm. It This is delicious. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love mezcal. I mean, that smoke is, is oh, jeez, you guys. I mean, this, this. Are you speechless a little bit? A little bit. I'm shocked. I am shocked mm-hmm. by how it tastes. Like I just, mm-hmm. I don't know what I was expecting. It but was not this. And this is amazing. It does not taste like alcohol. It tastes like smoky juice. You are, you are right. <laughs> you are right. That is. I hope I do not mess up my Monday morning. We should both remember that. I got a lot to do tomorrow. It's a big week. Anywho, so you got, uh, I'm, I'm giving this like 15 thumbs up. Like I'm. All the thumbs up. Is 15 the most? Is that, do we, are we just. Whittling? I'm giving it, I'm giving it two thumbs and then I'm giving it my toe thumbs too, you guys. Not the toe thumbs. All the thumbs. I, I, I just wanted to know like how many, you know, if this was going to be something that we would do consistent or is it sometimes, cause I, I gave the Grinch 18 thumbs up. So. Okay. So then I'm, I'm going to give this 18, like whatever the, this might be my favorite thing we've ever had to drink on here, which is saying a lot. Cause there've been some good ones. There have been some real duds, but there have been some good ones. <laughs> oh, don't do the duds like that. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, this is, I mean, this, for me, this is magical. This is um, absolutely magical. I would say 16 thumbs up <laughs> or two if we're being real, you know. Or um, four, because we both have two. Okay. Four out of four thumbs. That's how we're rating it. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, the Grinch is still going to be, I think that's my top right now. We'll see at the end. I, I mean, yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, I don't know, because I feel, I feel like both of those drinks have a lot of components mm. which don't make them super fun for like home but like my family drinks Grinches all the time <laughs> so obviously it's not that much of a deterrent like this is fantastic I would batch this uh for Definitely. for company Definitely. I would serve this I want to say I'm in love like I think I am I think I'm in love you guys wow which was I was not Mm-mm. We were both very nervous going in. Like I was just like I had like I when I looked back and I was going to go, I was like pouring and I was like, I don't see how this is gonna work. What was I thinking? Never would have thought this would have worked out. But here we are, and it's amazing. And that's life. Yeah. All right. So um what have you been up to? Ooh, um, well, I uh nothing, I guess. Um I've been on a few walks. Okay. Were they good walks? They were wonderful walks. The sun has been out. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. Oh, we did have, I thought 
Jesus was coming back because there was a crazy like tornado it, it seemed like outside <laughs> like all it was so windy and I went to my car to get my charger and I almost got swept up and I was like Jesus is definitely coming back tonight because I've never it's never been this windy and I kept hearing loud thuds and so in the morning my friend she lives like five minutes away from me a whole tree fell over on someone's car oh so it was like nato nato like, like I'll send you the picture or let me see if I can pull up it was a huge maybe it is the end we're getting all these random you know what I mean like let me know you guys you know what I just realized um we initially thought that our guest today was going to come and record at my house because he is local. And um, when I came into the office, there my, my husband had set my laptop up for me because I was doing a training before we went to the gym. That was like this morning. And I left my laptop in the room and then like in our bedroom. And so I was like, oh, that was so sweet. He brought the laptop in here. He also brought a chair in here for the guests too. Like I just looked up and realized I was like, oh, like he had like a whole, he did like a whole setup. Got a good husband. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's devastating. Wow. Well, I'm glad that nobody was in the car and, and got hurt by that. I mean, that's that's rough though. Yeah. We we all survived. I mean, that was that, those people survived. There was no real harm where I was. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. So, what have you been up to? Um, I mean, you know, obviously, I'm in. I am in the throes of. Uh, final prep for competition season we're six weeks out now five weeks at this point like starting tomorrow we're five weeks out and it is the rhinestone palooza is where I'm at just rhinestones everywhere finishing up some props to make sure that everything's ready to dance getting excited this is always my, my favorite point in the process when you finally get to see everything come together like you've you've had this idea and you've seen pieces of it and you're like okay well I know the dance is gonna work but you haven't seen it fully clean in the costume with whatever props you had with the hair with the makeup and the earrings and the all the stuff so this is our first time and we've got three weeks no like a little a little over a month before we get to see everything at our dress rehearsal fully come together and uh yeah, I'm getting excited. This is this is the point in the year where I'm like, oh, stuff is coming together. Everything is working out. Things are starting to look really good. I'm like, okay. I mean, it happens every year around the same time, but I have the same sense of like, <sighs> every single year. Sure, yeah. I'm pretty pumped. Um, and then uh, yesterday went out to brunch with my grandmother-in-law. I don't know if that's a, this is the, I went out with um, all the girls in my husband's family for um, a birthday brunch for his Nana. And it was just really great. I just, I'm really fortunate. I mean, I married a good man, but I married a man who came from a great family who's always been so kind and so loving and I enjoy getting to spend time with them. So that was nice because I haven't gotten to hang out with them basically since like Christmas. So like I did a little bit. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're opposites. Switcheroo. Little freaky Friday. Not that much. Like a baby freaky Friday. Is it yeah. because you don't want to send me your husband? That's exactly it. Okay. <laughs> That's 100% it. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Yeah. I don't think I've done um, anything other than that. Like, 
I feel like I had something else to say and I'm probably going to remember it later, but. Oh, I did. Okay. So when I went to the, I, I told you this already, but I think the listeners deserve to know. Um, when I went to the liquor store to get the alcohol for this week's drink, number one, I want to say, um, and of course this just shows you how often I go to the same liquor store in my little town. But, uh, as I was leaving, they were like, have a good show. And I was like, you guys, that's so sweet. Like I almost cried. It was really sweet. So, um, shout out to Raymond's liquor stop. I love y'all. And, uh, but anyway, while I was in there, the lady who was helping check me out, I got the mezcal. She had to find it for me because there's only, I think there was only one kind of mezcal in there. And it was like at the very bottom. Like it, they didn't have a big selection. Oh my. It's a tiny liquor store in a small place. So um, actually that's not true. It's not in the city that I live in. We still don't have liquor stores here. Yeah, not a single liquor store. When I was growing up here, you actually couldn't buy alcohol like in restaurants if you couldn't get a drink. Well, we were completely dry. That's how, um, when my aunt was, when she, she went to school in Dallas, I was like, it was a dry town. Denton was dry. Mm-hmm. But I met a girl who went there recently and I'm, I'm it's no longer dry. dry. Yeah. She's like, no, what? And I was like, oh, that was back in the, yeah. No. Take another sip of my cocktail. It's delicious. Uh, but anyway, she got me the mezcal and she was like, oh yeah. And there's a worm at the bottom. Are you going to eat it? And, um. I wanted to cuss at her. I didn't, but I was like, absolutely not. And she was like, really? You don't want a little adventure? Absolutely not. Maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I wanted some adventure. I'm good. I'm not eating a worm. I'm down. I've never done it. Neither have I. I don't feel like now's the time. I feel like I missed my window, you know? Oh, what it does. What does it do? It's like a hallucinogen. Oh yeah. I'm ready. got to do it before I kick the bucket. I do not think I should have hallucinogens. That- Weed makes me hallucinate. Yeah. As long as you know yourself. Yeah. You have to know yourself, right? Mm-hmm. If you know that you are drug sensitive, maybe you just stay away from drugs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know the truth about myself and I'm okay with that. When they said, just say no to drugs, they were speaking specifically to me. <laughs> you shouldn't do them. It's gonna mess with you. I mean, I'm drug mess with everybody. So I think they're- But it's unpleasant. Like I don't, I don't like the feeling of being high. I can't relax. I can't enjoy it. <laughs> I'm too high strung for drugs. Look at I, that. Yes. yes. <laughs> <sighs> wow. All right. We ready for Mr. Donovan? Yes. Our guest is here. Let's let him in. Hello. Donnie, can you hear us? Maybe we make this a non-musical podcast. Like sometimes you're down for the musical podcast and sometimes not. Yeah, whenever you sing. But when you sing, it's fine. No, we shouldn't do it then either. Basically, whenever either of us sings. We did it the last two weeks. It's like a little later after the see that. See how you feel. <laughs> I can already tell you I'm gonna be down. <laughs> I love to drink and sing. It's my favorite. Me too. I think we already know this about each other. There we go. Yay. Hey, we finally figured it out. Oh my goodness, you guys are in space. We are. It's very fancy. We are finally pulling this 13-hour brisket off of the trigger. Uh, <laughs> well, it's going to be good. I pray it is for 13 hours. I don't eat brisket, but I believe that makes it delicious. It should be. 
I'm gonna cook some mushrooms for 13 hours and let you know how it goes. I'll see if they're tender when I'm done. <laughs> they should be after 13 hours. They might not be existent. <laughs> how dare you, Diana? You don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't cook. I don't. You do cook. You cook now. Did you stop cooking? No, I still cook, but I'm just. I mean, it tastes good. There it is. That's what counts. All right, Donovan. So welcome. First and foremost, thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate you being here. My pleasure. All right. So to get started, um, we just want to know like where you're from and a little bit about your life growing up. Oh, my goodness. Well, I was born in Scottsbluff, Nebraska, and I grew up in Duncanville, Texas. And I am the son of a preacher. I'm a preacher's kid. I'm actually the only one in my family that is not an ordained minister. Oh. Uh, my mother, my father, my sister, my brother-in-law, they're all reverends. And so I was the black sheep that uh, ran off to college and uh, spent a year at UT and decided that um, spending more time in my fraternity than being in class was more important. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so ended up enlisting in the Marine Corps and uh, served active duty in the Marine Corps and uh, got out and uh, came back home, found my way back to Texas. Well, first and foremost, thank you for your service. We appreciate you. Thanks for your support. I appreciate it. Yes. Okay. So you were born in Nebraska. Yeah. From to Duncanville. Oh, man. Um, man, God, I can't We can go into the backstory of why I was born in Nebraska. Um, yes. But uh, <laughs> so my mom, <clears throat> uh, interesting enough, my mother was raised by Air Force Colonel. Uh, he was a fighter pilot during World War II. Uh, he flew bomber escort over in the Pacific, um, and he flew the P-51 Mustangs. And um, she grew up in Beverly Hills, California. Uh, she was, yes, they were very well off. He's, he's a retired colonel. Nancy. Yeah, actually. Um, so um, if you know anything about, you know, Disney and Bambi, um, Mel Shaw was the, uh, the artist that drew Bambi for Disney Studios. And Mel Shaw's daughter and my mom were best friends all through junior high and high school. Yeah. So I actually went to Mel Shaw's house as a little kid. And, um, and he drew a, a picture for me uh, on the little notepad. This is from the desk of Mel Shaw. And it has the Mickey Mouse ears on it. And it's Bambi. He drew Bambi's uh, head for me. Um, but he was actually took me down into the studio that he had at his house. And they were working on, they were putting sound to video. And at the time, I had no idea what it was, but what they were working on was the fox and the hound. And they were, yeah, they were putting sound to that. So I actually got to see that as a little kid in his home studio when he was working on that for Disney. But anyway, Wait, back uh, to- pause, pause. <laughs> All of the stuff that destroyed my soul. I have, I have so many questions. I have an attitude. I think that's amazing. Okay. Bambi and the fox and the hound? What? Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it Emotional was pretty. Emotional trauma at this point. Yeah. Okay, and then my name means little deer, and so <laughs> <laughs> I am Bambi. Um, <laughs> you are not Bambi. Everything's connected. <laughs> I mean, I am Bambi. 
a little bit. It's, the story is a little, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so this is what he, I'll show you on the video, You and but I don't know if you can see it. Oh, oh maybe with the, maybe if I turn that background off. Oh, don't I look just like that? Listeners, y'all forgive Diani. He's showing us a beautiful piece of memorabilia, like a very valuable piece of memorabilia. And Diani is turning her profile to the camera and leaning in close. <laughs> how much she looks like a drawing. Of. I'm just saying everything happens for a reason. We're all connected. Look at me. There you go. Yeah, see, look, I'll do a side profile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he drew that on his little memo pad um, and then took me down, down to his home studio and I got to see where they were working on the Fox and the Hound. So it was pretty cool. That, that is, I mean, that's incredible. I love that. Yeah, yeah, before it even came out in the theaters. So my mom, growing up in Beverly Hills, um, when she was 17, the way that she decided to be rebellious as a child was she ran away from home and went up to Oakland, California and joined the Hell's Angels. Because that's a bit and of a so, difference, Beverly Hills. Uh, and then joined yeah. the Hell's Angels. Yeah, okay. And Yeah, yeah. My, and this was early 70s, right? So this is when the FBI was investigating the Hells Angels for being like organized crime and you know drugs and everything. So um, my mom was um, in her late teens when this happened, um, when she was riding with the Hells Angels. And one of the guys that she was riding with, he got arrested. And they were telling him that he was going to go away for a very long time because they were trying to, you know, really crack down on the Hells Angels. So they thought it would be a great idea and that he would get a lighter sentence if he was going to be a father. So that's where I, how I came to be. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom got pregnant with me and, um, and when, when he, when he actually went to court, he got 25 years. And so my mom ended up while she was pregnant, moved to Nebraska, which is where his family was in Scotts Bluff. Okay. And that's how I ended up being born in Scottsville, Nebraska. Yo, mama, yeah. Die or die for real. <laughs> <laughs> for real, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so how do we go from Nebraska to Texas? How does that happen? Oh, that's okay. So when um, my mom, when I was six months old, my mom thought, you know, she's like, you know what, I don't want to raise a son in this environment around, you know, with his dad being in prison and his biological father being in prison and everything. So through the church and through different people that she knew, she ended up going to a girl's home called New Life for Girls in Pennsylvania. Um, and my dad, um, and he's, he's not my biological father, but I've never called him anything but dad because he is my dad. He's raised me since I was two years old. Um, my dad, who was raised Orthodox Jew, he was bar mitzvah when he was 13, decided to convert to Christianity when he was 18, which really didn't sit well with my grandparents. But he was traveling around the Northeast with the gentleman that he got saved with. And they ended up stopping off at New Life for Girls at one of the meetings that they were having. And he met my mom. And mom tells the story that he fell in love with me first and then, and then fell in love with her. But they started dating um, and then they came to Christ for the Nations, which is a Bible college here in Dallas, right up at 67. So that's how we ended up in Texas. 
so they ended up getting married and then we stayed here. So I grew up here, uh, went to Fairmeadows Elementary School, went to Reed Junior High School, Duncanville High School. Uh, and so that's how I ended up in Texas. That's all the backstory. That is beautiful. God has our backs, y'all. <laughs> he, he put them together. You know what I mean? He, yep, he does. Yeah, he does. That was such a sweet, that was beautiful. This is not my first time hearing some of it, but it's my first time hearing all of it. And that was, that was beautiful. <laughs> you want to know when I found out that my dad wasn't my biological father? Oh, there, w- oh, there was a secret? That was a secret. Oh. It was a secret, right? So I'm 16 years old, and we're 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 sitting on the couch at our house, and we're going through photo albums. And actually, Michelle and I, Michelle got to see this photo album, the same one that I'm talking about now, um, over the holidays because mom and dad pulled it back out. But you know, I'm raised in church. I'm I'm going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You know, every time church is open, we're there dad's the pastor and everything so I'm going through the we're going through the photo albums and everything and we get to the wedding pictures of mom and dad's wedding and I'm there and there's little me you know in the wedding pictures so I look at my mom and I go so if I'm not supposed to have sex until I'm married why am I why am I at your wedding and her face went pale you know you ever seen want to see an Italian woman go pale (laughs) that was the time Right. So um, she went pale and she said, well, um, let me tell you. And then the story that I just told you about her going to Oakland and the whole thing with my biological father, that all came out when I was 16. Yeah, I didn't know until then. And, you know, when she told me, it was just like, okay, you know, nothing changed. Yeah, nothing changed. It wasn't like when dad came home, I didn't look at him differently. I didn't, you know, anything. It was just like, Okay, and the sun still set and rose the next morning and, and we, you know, went on. So, but yeah, that's that's when I found out. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, at least it wasn't a 23 and me, you know what I mean? Where it's like, <laughs> I have some questions. I got some results back. Yeah, and exactly. Uh, to do. Exactly, yeah, yep. So what was growing up like for you? Were you always in the church? Oh, yeah. Well, um, yes. Yeah. I mean, every time church was open, right. Um, we were there because dad was the pastor and, and everything. I was, I was rebellious, but I was also the smart, rebellious child. My sister, on the other hand, I could tell you some stories about her. Oh, my Lord. But, um, you know, I, I did enough to, to get away with things, but I never did anything that <clears throat> was really stupid. Yeah. Because I was terrified. This was, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in a time where we still, you know, feared and respected our parents. And I was more afraid of getting my butt kicked by my mom, who used to ride with the Hells Angels, than I was of, you know, uh, of, of getting in trouble. You know, I never got into fights at school. I never got suspended because I didn't want to come home and tell mom that I got suspended for three days. Yeah. You know, I was I was afraid of that. So. You know, but we, we did, I did stupid things as a kid. I borrowed a car um, when I was 15 and uh, went for a joy ride around Duncanville with one of my friends at the time. 
and we got arrested at 2.30 in the morning for, <laughs> we got arrested at 2.30 in the morning for um, one, not having driver's licenses. We were driving on permits and two, uh, not being the owners of the vehicle that we borrowed. Uh, it happened to be my dad's secretary's car. Wait a minute. Yeah. That's not borrowing <laughs> at that point. That's too far removed for a borrow. <laughs> But see, both my parents, my mom was, I think my mom was in Kansas preaching. My dad was down in, I think, South Texas with my sister. And so it was just me and my friend. And my dad's secretary was staying over, you know, 15, kind of at that age where you can kind of watch yourself, but you're not trusted to be left alone. So my dad's secretary was staying over. And when she was asleep, we decided to take her brand new Nissan Maxima for a little drive around Duncanville. Oh, it was, it, it still had paper plates on it. Yeah, it was brand <laughs> It was brand new. Yep. Amazing. So that, but you know, that was, that was, and that was about probably the wildest thing growing up in a religious household. You know, I couldn't listen to anything but gospel music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when mom and dad were home, obviously we turned the channel listen to some things, you know, you, I wasn't supposed to, but, you know, all in all, I, I tried to, I tried to make my parents proud. And, um, and I was also respectful, you know, uh, of their house. You know, we had rules, no girls in the house uh, when they're not home. And I never broke that rule, not once. Um, uh, so, and it wasn't until I went off to college, you know, and here I am 18 oh. out of the house. You went off to college and had a great time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I went off to college and it was like, oh, a, a fraternity. Oh, alcohol. Oh, girls. Oh, my goodness. Look at all this that I have missed out for, you know, all these years that I that I couldn't do yet, which is why I spent more time not in class than I did in class and ended up enlisting in the Marine Corps. So, yeah. It all works itself out, you guys. Listen, okay? It, it all does. works itself out. It's fine. <laughs> it does. Okay? Yeah. He got a taste of what he missed, and then he got himself back together. It's fine. Well, kind of, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Okay, so, uh, well, I don't want to ask which fraternity, because that can, yeah. Well, I, I will tell you, I will tell you that we have been kicked off almost every campus across this country. I'll tell you that, and that I might give you a hint of who they are. I don't know. Who, I want to know who this is. What fraternity? Look, we can bleep it. We can bleep it. Will people get in trouble? No, no. Well, they've been kicked off the campuses because they got in trouble because they did stupid stuff. Kappa Sigma. So they're they're not a, they're not at UTA anymore. They're not at UCF, which is where Michelle went. Um, they're yeah, they've been kicked off a lot of campuses for hazing and some of the stupid things that they tend to do. But it it is an Italian fraternity. Yeah, yeah. Kappa Sigma. Um, the the book that they have that's kind of like their rule book is called the Bononia Doquette. And uh, it was started by two, uh, five Italian brothers at William and Mary up in Virginia, I think was the first one. If I'm, remem- if I'm remembering like, God, I'm going to date myself here years ago that I was actually in college and part of this. So, but yeah. Is that the reason why you joined or what made you join? That was one of the reasons. Yeah. And plus they asked me to pledge. Um, so they, you know, the, there was a couple and being Italian heritage, um, my grandfather immigrated over the one that was the fighter pilot. Um, he immigrated over here, um, from, he was from Florence or Florence and my grandmother's side of the family from Bologna. 
which is northern Italy. We have family members that are in Milano um, and uh, so up in the northern Italian area. So that was probably one of the draws of joining that one because they were an Italian fraternity. Yeah. All right. So do you have any fun stories from that from that year that won't get you fired from your job? Oh, my God. From from the year in college? Mm-hmm. Oh, I try to forget that, that whole year. I really do. <laughs> like, do you try or just did you? Because it sounds like you partied hard enough that maybe some of it's. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was that was the first time I ever tried cigarettes. Um, and I was I was told. You know, if you smoke when you drink, you get a buzz faster and you get drunk quicker. Um, first time I ever blacked out. Uh, and to this day, I cannot drink Southern Comfort. If anybody brings out Southern Comfort, I, I'll immediately, I just start. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I, I had a, oh man, I had a one night with Southern Comfort and some Coke, uh, Coca-Cola, not cocaine. Um, I will tell you, uh, as God is my, as God is my witness to this day, I have never touched a drug in my life. Um, I have other than alcohol and nicotine. Um, but uh, yeah, I had a bad night with Southern Comfort, and I after that night, that's the the first time I ever prayed, God, please take this headache away, and I'll never drink again. Which was a lie, obviously. I was going to say because you said it was the first time. <laughs> the first time I ever prayed that. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, but I can't do something. I can't do something comfort anymore uh, because of that night. But, you know, I mean, you've got Austin, you've got Sixth Street, you've got the live music, you've got, um, I'll tell you the night that I decided to join the Marine Corps. um, I was we were studying for midterms, my roommate and I were studying for midterms. And we were hungry. And we went down to where this Taco Bell was. And across the street from this Taco Bell was this um, a bar called Bentley's. And it was a it, it was on a corner. And on the other corner across from the Taco Bell and Bentley's was like this strip mall. And we're, we're sitting there at Taco Bell and we're having, you know, eating and everything as we're studying. And all of a sudden, all these people start running out of Bentley's. And we see this smoke coming out of the roof. The kitchen had caught on fire. And so all the people were running out of the bar. They were told, you know, to get out. And I'm sitting here looking at this. I'm going, you know, that's my college career right there, going up in flames. I'm failing my midterms, you know, all this. And one of the reasons why I really didn't probably put anything into college was because I wasn't paying for it. My grandfather made a deal with me. He said, you carry a B average. I'll pay for your tuition, your books. I'll give you housing. I'll give you uh, allowance for food. I just want you to study. And, you know, it wasn't my money. So, you know, you're an 18-year-old kid. You're away from home for the first time. You're not in a re- under a religious hand. Um, so, yeah, I partied. And so I'm thinking this is my college career burning to the ground. And I look across at the strip mall, and there were three offices that were lit up. And it was Army, Navy, Marine Corps recruiting office. And I told my roommate, I said, I'm going to go over there. And I'll, I'll just walk back to the apartment because it wasn't that far from where we were. He's like, man, you don't want to do that. And I said, no, I'm just, I'm just going to go get some information. I just want to go talk to him. And I first office I walked into was the Marine Corps office. And I walked in and there was a staff sergeant. I remember that dude to this day, Staff Sergeant Whitehead. Oof, if I can find him. But <laughs> um, 
I walked in and, and um, he's like, how can I help you? And I said, I want to be a Marine. He goes, oh, you do, huh? You know, he's giving me that whole, you know, macho, oh, you want to, oh, you just think you can be a Marine kind of a thing. Um, and the next day I came back, I took the ASVAB test. And then he told me that I needed a copy of my birth certificate. So I drove back up to Dallas and went home and I walked in the door and this is this is my pastor mom who is very discerning who who you know you know how moms are right they know what's going on so I walk in and, and you know I'm like hey mom how's it going blah 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 and I said hey do you do you have a, a copy of my birth certificate and she looks straight at me dead in the eye and she goes what did you do <laughs> she she knew right she's like what did you do and I said, uh, well, I, you know, I'm thinking about joining the Marine Corps. And she's like, no, you're not. You're going back to school. You're going back and doing your classes. And I said, well, I already took the ASVAB and I leave next week. Yeah. So, uh, so that, was, uh, that was interesting because then I had to break the news to my grandfather um, that I was dropping out of school. And I was a pre-med student. Um, I was going there to be pre-med and, um, you know, to let him know that I was no longer going to college. And that I was enlisting in the Marine Corps. And I remember he's an Air Force officer. He's a retired colonel from the Air Force. And, and uh, the fact that I was enlisting in the Marine Corps, I will tell you that 1992, and I enlisted in 1990, 1992 was the last time I spoke to my grandfather. And I reached out to him a few years ago and never, he never replied to my emails, wouldn't reply to my text messages. And he's just, an, he was an old, you know, old Italian soul that carries grudges for a very long time. And he just was still upset at the fact that I, that I dropped out of college and enlisted in the Marine Corps and thought that I didn't make anything of my life and wanted nothing to do with me. Yeah. So you can kind of see what my mom ran away from school at our, our home at 17. And, and went up because he's he was just very it was his way or no way yeah I'm so sorry uh I'm just gonna let everybody know uh Donovan's quite successful <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think that, like by any stretch of the end like by pretty much anyone's standards like very successful I I mean that's shocking that's shocking you yeah. certainly made something of your life like that's I would hope so. Yeah, I would hope so. Thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I, we all have that road, right? And, and um, there's been some ups and downs and, you know, failures, but I think you can't learn unless you fail, right? Um, yep. And she's like, why are you making so many mistakes, Diani? I'm like, because I have to learn. And she's like, but this yeah. is the 16th time. And I'm like, no, literally on, a conversation on. we've never hold had. On, this on. is a conversation are we've you, never had. Are you making the same mistakes for the sixteenth time? Or are you just making a mistake for the sixteenth time? Not There's a difference. Here nor there. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, Nessie. Now we don't want to get specific. No, I would. I, I would have to side with Shanae on this one, right? If you're making but the same. But we've never had this conversation. I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Over okay, there, all right. Up. Oh, oh, okay. She's embellishing for the record. Here we go. Look, minus my dancers, I be letting people make mistakes. They, that's a different, but, <laughs> that's a different story. You know, it, it's, they're, they're not mistakes if you don't learn from them. You know, if you learn from them, then, and then it's, 
an education, nice. right? It's a mistake whenever you don't learn from it and do it again. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. But hello, 19 to 25. Yeah, exactly. I mean, same <laughs> mistakes over and over. Just hard-headed. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. It happens. Okay, so um, you join the Marines, you mm-hmm. get out. What happens once you leave? So I got out of the Marine Corps um, and I moved to Phoenix because um, my parents, my dad was a, um, a pastoring at a church out in Phoenix. Um, and, uh, I was, you know, so I moved there and I worked in construction for about a year and I ended up in Florida and uh, I lived in, in Jacksonville for a little bit. And then I moved down to Orlando and I was working, you know, I mean, like you said, I was, I was still early, mid to late twenties. Uh, when I got out of the Marine Corps, because I did um, nine years active duty, Woo! and and then um, I got out, and so I was 27, and uh, ended up in Florida and did a couple of odd jobs, stole cars for six months, and realized Wait. that was not that was not for me. Sold. Did you say sold? Sold, not stole. No, sold. Yes, no. I already did that when I was 15. I learned my lesson from okay. stealing that car, so I sold. <laughs> I, I literally uh, and thank you Deani for knowing where I was at because I, I thought you were like I stole cars for like six months I was like Donovan no Deani bleep that out what the hell <laughs> I, I, it would have been I would have been on board and here for the tea but- <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so you sold cars that was I sold cars. I worked for Sears. Um, I worked for Sears. I was a regional manager for the North Florida, South Georgia region. Um, I sold mattresses uh, for a little bit uh, for uh, the mattress firm. I don't know if we can name company names or or whatever, but yeah, but um, I sold mattresses for a little bit, you know, just trying to figure out what I want to do because I was still very military minded, right? You know, I mean, you spend nine years, 24 hours a day, seven days a week where there's so much structure and there's from the time that you wake up at zero five thirty until the time you hit the rack at night, like your whole day is planned. You know exactly what you're going to do. You're deployed, you're overseas. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I really wasn't finding exactly what it was I wanted to do. And then um, I was, I, I had the chance to invest in and then become the owner of a tuxedo store in Orlando and so I had, I, I had my tuxedo store and we were doing weddings out of Disney. Um, I did a couple of, uh, a couple of weddings out there for some uh, NFL players and some other people, but I was the only privately owned tuxedo company that wasn't a national chain like Genghis, Mr. Formal, that was allowed to go out and do weddings at Disney and take tuxedos out there. And um, I really, I, I like doing that for probably about the first year year and a half Wait, and then how did you end up doing weddings for NFL players so whenever like if, if you wanted to get married at Disney um first of all you better be you better have a lot of money um <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then um in your Disney packet they give you a list of these are the approved tuxedo companies that will come bring your tuxedo to the Disney property fit you measure you you know do all of that and so my name was on the list. And so this, uh, one of the guys that we did a wedding for played for the Philadelphia Eagles. And um, he, they called uh, us up. I know, boo. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, called up the office and said, hey, I'm getting married at Disney. We want you to do our wedding. Uh, so that's how I ended up doing his. And then obviously word of mouth after I did his wedding and they were happy with it. 
I got a, two more guys that were part of his wedding party that got married that we did their wedding to out there. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was cool. These guys are huge. These guys are, did I tell you, Shanae, I think I told you, um, the guy that we did the wedding for, his thighs, I had to send him a pair of pants, a tuxedo pants that his tailor could, to, could alter for him because his thighs were 36 inches around. That's barely my booty. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's bigger than my waist. Like, no. Imagine one thigh, one thigh, thirty-six inches. That's how big his legs were. That's yeah. bigger than around our bodies, Diani. His thigh is my bigger than yeah. our body. No, seriously, my booty, my hips, thirty-six. So yeah. my hips would be one person's thigh. That was one of his thighs was thirty-six inches around. Yeah. Crazy. Also. Do, are you still in this business? Do, okay, the best men and stuff, and the groomsmen. Connect? <laughs> <laughs> do you can you hook up? No, no. I, I actually so after about a year and a half of you know, are you married? Me no. Okay, so I know Shanae is, and you know, brides will spend a couple thousand dollars, you know, on their wedding dress. Some of them, you know, get very expensive. But for some reason, whenever the, it comes to the tuxedo, right, they want to know, can I get this $49.95 rental? Mm. And, and how many free tuxedos can I get if I rent, you know, six of them? Mm. Uh, and, you know, this is something that you're going to pick up on Friday and return on Monday. And you're never going to wear again. But I was just after about a year and a half of having brides pick this $49 rental apart like it was an Armani tux. Um, and working seven days a week and you don't, you know, you're working on Saturdays and Sundays. And if it's somebody didn't try their tuxedo on until five minutes before the wedding and their jacket doesn't fit, it's running to the store, grabbing a new jacket, driving out there and dropping it off. You know, so after about a year and a half of doing that, I was like, okay, I've had enough. So, um, I left that business and ended up because of a mutual friend going to work in the mortgage company. I went to work for uh, a company at the time that was doing mortgages, but they were, they were kind of like, you know, one of these cold calling centers where they just call you up out of the blue and, Hey, do you want to refinance, lower your interest rate thing? And I went to work for them for about six months. And after working for them for six months, I said, you know, I can do this on my own and I can make all my own commissions and keep my own commissions. And so I actually went to work uh, for Nova Star Mortgage and opened up my own branch and then got recruited by another mortgage broker to open up a second branch for First Metropolitan Mortgage. So in the mid 2000s in Orlando, I owned two mortgage companies. I had about 20 loan officers that worked for me. And so I started doing mortgages until 2008 when the housing market in Florida dropped yeah. And yeah, all the all the adjustable rate mortgages that we were doing and all the housing values dropped and people couldn't refinance every 12 months and take fifty thousand dollars out in equity and and all of that. So, um, yeah, but that's that's what I did after the, the tuxedo business. So how did you go from Florida to come back to Texas? So um, living in Florida, um, I met Michelle, my fiance, and hey, bestie. She's over there waving hello. But um, I, met, I met Michelle and we were dating probably about a year, year and a half. And I just had this 
I, I talked to her in November of 2014. And I said, you know, I just have this feeling that I need to be home because mom and dad were back in Texas. My sister, and my brother-in-law, my two nephews, they had all, um, you know, came back to Texas and everything. And I said, I just have a feeling that I need, you know, I need to be home for some reason. Or you, do you want to move to Texas? And she agreed. So we moved to Texas. We moved here in June, June 1st of 2015. And my mom got the whole family together for the 4th of July. And she sat us down on the 4th of July and told us that she had stage three breast cancer. And so it was kind of like, uh, you know, like that premonition and that just whole feeling. And so it was a good thing that, you know, we came here because I was able to help the family through. Mom went through um, chemotherapy. She had a, a double mastectomy and all her radiation and everything. And she's fine now. I mean, she's, this is her third round with cancer. Um, yeah, this was her third round. One of the reasons why I was a pre-med student at the University of Texas is because when I was 15, she was diagnosed with cervical cancer and the doctors all but gave my dad a shovel and said, it's too advanced. It's spread. Um, it's not going to get better. So, um, you know, you just need to make preparations and sh she was healed. She got better. She's fine. And then she had another bout with breast cancer years ago. And then this, this most recent one that, that she had. So, but she's fine now. She's good. She's living every day and, and, you know, creating hate and discontent in Dallas, <laughs> but that's, that's how, that's how we ended up back here in Texas. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, that's, that's awful, but it's, I mean, your mom sounds like a fighter. Resilient. Like, yeah. Yeah. She is. Especially to hear that it was different kinds of cancer like that. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Working it out. <laughs> okay. So we, um, we like to do a segment called runway rewind for the year that you were in, you were at UT. Mm -hmm. What were you wearing? Like, what was the fashion? What was the fit? You're going oh, out man. blackout drunk. What did you have on? Oh my gosh. Um, so it was parachute pants. Don't even I'll, know. I'll, I'll show you pictures. Hammer pants. Hold on. Hammer pants. Patent leather shoes with the silver tips, the rayon, the rayon shirts with the big polka dots. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, um, the, so I, oh man, one of the things that I thought I looked so good in, I had these, they were like, they were kind of like cargo pants, but remember the days when you would, you would tuck over the bottom of your pants and then fold them up. And then, yeah. So when you folded up these pants, they had paisley print on the inside. So when you tucked your pant in and rolled it up, it showed this nice paisley print that I matched with my socks and my shoes. Oh yeah, you had the, um, you had like the green, you had the green shirt that had the, the one blue pocket and the one orange pocket over here um, that had a different color collar. So yeah, that's, that's what I wore when I was going out, yeah. So I feel like you're you're a wee bit older than us. Am I right? <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, just a little, just like I oh, saw gosh. it, but I wasn't wearing it. So it's just, I love that. We've not yeah. seen anybody in that age range yet. Amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> this is my favorite outfit I've heard on this podcast so far. But I'm telling you, hammer hammer pants were like, I had four or five pairs of those. Um, the, the rayon shirt. 
Yeah. Cotton leather shoes with the silver tips, y'all. Oh, uh, those were. Are you kidding me? I buff. I buff those. I use the Windex on them to clean them to make sure there was no fingerprints and the scuff marks. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Patent leather shoes with the Windex. Here for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that has made that that has made my life. Uh, oh, I have, that was so good. I have pictures. I'll show you, Sinead. Please do. Please, okay. please, uh, please see me <laughs> because I need to see these pictures too. All, all right. <laughs> oh, that is magical. There's <gasps> actually, my dad tells me, and I'm glad that there are no VHS tapes anywhere around anymore, like VHS players, because my dad tells me that there is a VH, VHS tape at the house. When I was in, um, when I was in, still in high school, part of the youth group, me and two of my friends, um, we had a Christian rap group. Now, have you ever heard of DC Talk? No. Okay. So DC Talk was probably one of the first Christian rap groups that came out. And we did a show at Christ for the Nations. Every year they have a big, what they call Youth for the Nations, which is where a bunch of kids from across the country, the youth pastors, yeah, they all come there. They had like this week long conference and everything. And so somebody said, hey, why don't you guys come and do rap at, at Youth for the Nations? Now, you have to understand, this is at the very beginning. Oh, are you kidding me? We had, a, we had a beatbox machine. We had dances. Me and Alan, we had dances. Alan wrote all of our lyrics. Oh, yeah. But this is when rap was very young. And so you should have seen the look on these youth pastors' faces. When we okay. got up there and we started, my dad tells me there's a video of our performance that we did at Youth of the Nations. I'm glad it can't be played anymore because there's no more VHS players. Oh, there's a way. There's a but. way. <laughs> do you one more time. Do you remember any of the raps? Can you give us one? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say no, because if I say yes, you're going to ask me and I'm not doing it. So no, I don't remember any of them. No, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, me and me and Alan did me and Alan did the lyric. And I'll tell you, Alan was gifted. That he was like um he could put lyrics together that were Christian, right? You know, um that were religious and everything. He could put things together kind of like some of in like Eminem, how they just, you know, you listen to some of their their lyrics and you're like, "Man, I would never would have put that together." And like, did you hear the story that he's telling? And he could do that, but with Christian rap. So he and I would do the rapping. And Curtis was, what is he, 6'5"? Curtis was 6'5". Me and Alan, both white. Curtis was the only black guy in the group. Curtis lived over in Oak Cliff. And we, Curtis was just like, we were afraid of him because we knew he was going to kick our butt one day. But he was the biggest teddy bear. But Curtis ran all of the, the music, right? He did all the beats and all the music, put all of that together. But... Alan and I actually got up and did the rapping, yeah. Did you guys not ever record like an album? Because it sounds like you were right on the cusp. We did. We actually, we went to, we, we did a couple of um, youth things over in Louisiana, up in Oklahoma, here. And you're not going to give us a little something, something. <laughs> what was I the know. name of the group? Like, what's the name of the rap group? It was JC Crew. Is it Jesus Christ Crew? That's it. Yeah, it was JC Crew, and that's that's what we called ourselves. Yeah, I love it. I love it. 
please. Yeah. I know there's one. There's one on the tip of your tongue. Come on. Like like two okay. lines, Donovan. Just like just so, like stars. But here's the thing. See, now you now that you're asking me to remember, I really can't. Now that you're asking me to remember. It's it's like it's not coming to me. It's like you know you're like okay, hold on. What's that song? What's that song? And it goes like da, 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 da. Yeah. But that's all I have going on in my brain right now. So if I can think of it, I'll let you know. But I really, I'm not just trying to be cool. I got I got two words for you. Okay. <laughs> what? All right. Jesus wept. All right. Yeah. There you go. Jesus wept. This is so sad. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. If you, remember, I'm sorry. Send us a voice note. I'll clip it in later. <laughs> I will. I will. If I remember, I'll send you a voice note. Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually don't know the order of our segments, but this next segment I'm going to say is called Boombox. I knew you were going to do it. Good work. Uh-oh. What music were you listening to in, in that first year of college? Oh, you know, people ask me this question, and because of my upbringing, I will tell you, my music goes from like Andrea Bocelli to gobsmack. Like there is a whole range of classical music to country, to rap, to, um, and I will say in my first year of college, because I was no longer in the house, right? Where I was only allowed to listen to gospel music. Um, it was like straight up hip hop, rap, um, a little bit of country. I really couldn't stand country at that point in time. You know, living in Texas, everything was country. So I really was, I listened to hip hop, rap, R&B. Um, yeah, that's really what I listened to in, in that first year when I got out of the house. What songs were y'all playing at the frat party? <laughs> that you was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it was really just like top 40, um, you know, because because back then, you know, like DJing wasn't a thing. There was no, they didn't know how to do mashups and mixes. Um, I'm showing my age again. But, you know, it was really just top 40 radio is really what we listened to. And that's what would be, we put that on the stereo and that's what would play all night while we were drinking and, and hanging out and, and trying to score with the, the sorority girls. So, yeah. Do you remember like what any of like the big hits were at the time? Oh my gosh. So one of the very first frat parties I went to, they, they always did uh, on, on the top 40 radio, they did the top nine at nine and they played one song nine times in a row because it was the most popular song at the time. Uh-huh. And it was, it was ice, ice baby. Nine times. I said, the number nine song, and it came on. We were all like, oh, and then it said number eight. It came on again. We were like, oh, and then number seven, we were like, okay, all right, there's enough. And then number six, all the way, it was that they played it nine times in a row because it was that requested at the time. So, yeah, Ice Ice Baby was was like the big deal at that time. That is hysterical and yeah. amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we do like to do boom-worthy blurbs, which is big news events that kind of shaped you, but we're looking for, like, when you were in, like, high school, college, like, around that time. It can be something that happened in your town. It could be national news. We had somebody who said Janet Jackson was the big news item for them, so it can kind of be whatever you want it to be. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
I guess the big news events for me was that really impacted my life was the start of the Gulf War. Um, you know, when I would just graduated from high school, when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait and knowing that they were sending forces, that's one of the reasons why I enlisted, um, you know, because that was going on. It was December 13th of 1990 when I went in, when I left for boot camp. And so that was probably the biggest newsworthy event at the time when I was going from high school to college. I mean, that, that's, that obviously had a big impact on you if it, if that's the reason, one of the reasons you decided to enlist because I yep. mean, that shaped, that shaped everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, both of my grandparents, like I said, my grandfather, you know, retired colonel from the Air Force. My grandfather on my dad's side, he was a retired army. He was a major. He fought in the island hopping campaigns in World War II. Um, and so he was a Bronze Star recipient. Um, one of my uncles was in the Navy. So, you know, I had family members that served through World War II, Korea. Um, so, you know, I kind of felt that sense of duty, but also knowing what was going on in the world with the start of the Gulf War and everything and, and knowing that I wanted to serve. So, yeah, that was the big news event at the time. That's a, that's a great answer. That's the first time that we've gotten that one. So that's, yeah. You probably used to interview much younger people, though, too. <laughs> no, no, much older. Older. Much older. older. <laughs> really? Wow. All right. You are young for us, Donovan. Yeah. Nice. All right. <laughs> okay, so our last thing I believe is, uh, what life advice would you give our listeners just in general? Man, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier, and that's don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to fail. Um, you know, a, a ship that never puts up its sails never leaves port. Ooh. And if you're, if you're waiting for the perfect weather, right, if you're waiting for a clear blue sky, if you're waiting for no waves, in order for you to leave that dock, man, your ship's going to stay there forever. And when I, you know, like I said, when I had my mortgage companies and I had loan officers, part of my interview process, when I interviewed somebody to come work for me, is I would ask them, tell me some, tell me a time that you failed. And a lot of times people don't want to admit their failures and they would make, Oh, I don't, you know, I didn't see it as a failure. I saw it as a learning experience. And I said, you know, Number one, you can't be honest with yourself. You can't be honest with me. And you want to you know when I failed? I, my first attempt at college, I failed. I obviously didn't do it because I didn't graduate. Now, I went back and I got my degree. When I was in the Marine Corps, I studied. It was my money. I applied myself. I went back. I got my bachelor's degree. But the first time I tried it, I was a failure. I failed. You know, there's other times that I failed at things. But you can't be afraid of that failure. You know, when I opened up my first mortgage company, there was no guarantee of a paycheck. There was, it was commission only. And if I didn't close a loan, I didn't get paid. And I had a mortgage that I had to pay. I had car payments that I had to pay. And here I am stepping out, opening up a mortgage company with bills and obligations, knowing that I'm only going to get paid if I apply myself and do the work. And that was a big risk. But again, if I didn't, set, if I didn't put my sales up and try and catch the wind, I was never going to leave the dock. So I would say, don't be afraid to fail. I love that. That, that is super solid. Yeah, absolutely. Advice. I just recently had to figure all that out. And <laughs> so, I failed a bunch of those times. <laughs> yeah, some... I always failed, but it's just sometimes you're like so scared of failing that you, you just don't do anything. It frozen. That, yeah, yeah. And that's not going to help anyone. So you just step out. Yeah, there. I'll, I'll tell you the first time um, I was ever shot at. I was 18 
and you, I could hear the rounds going through the air. And when you hear a round, you know, create that, that, that um, sound as it's going through the air over your head and you're wondering, am I ready to die at 18? You can, and you're in a life-threatening situation, you can freeze. And you have to decide at that point in time, I need to get up and move. And by getting up and moving, I could expose myself to enemy fire. Um, I could get shot or I could stay here and this wall that I'm hiding behind could get blown up and I could die anyway. So you, at that point in time, you make the decision, I'm going to get up and do something. I'm going to get up and move. Mm -hmm. And unless you're in a life-threatening situation, those decisions on whether or not I'm going to get up and do something, am I going to, am I going to take this job? Maybe it's a risk right now, but maybe it's a step towards the future. It's not life-threatening, but it's very scary. You just got to decide to do it. You know, you can't sit there. Like Shanae said, you can't be, you can't be paralyzed with fear. That was profound. Preach, Donna. I, was saying, I was like, that was deeply okay. profound. <laughs> you're not ordained, but like, you're still a preacher. It's fine. <laughs> Reverend Donovan. Yeah. Oh no, don't put that on me now. Come too on late. now. Too late, already happened. We went to uh, church. Sermon. Yeah, you took us to church. Blame it we on you. We went to church, it was great. <laughs> oh, I, I got a couple I could tell you, yeah. I vote to have us back because I feel like a lot of stuff just happened at the end there that I was like, wait, what happened? There's more to this. <laughs> Maybe we'll just do a part two. I feel it. Yeah, hey, um, let me know. And next time you'll actually like be here because my dog is very upset at not seeing his best friend. So. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, Shanae's dog is very upset at not getting to see his best friend. <laughs> She's, she has a pouty lip. Uh -huh. <laughs> Knox, uh, for everybody who's listening, um, Knox is deeply in love with Michelle. Yes. Uh, it is, it's interesting to watch your dog love someone more than you, but I have seen it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. Every time. Yeah, yes. Every time. It's, this is because when we first got Knox, he used to come to the dance studio with me. And while I was teaching, Michelle would keep him. And she would like take him outside and they would go on like little adventures together. And of course she's a dog whisperer. So, you know, she's brilliant with animals. Um, Knox is deeply attached to her. Yeah. Like she used to work at the vet that we take him to. I don't know many dogs that get excited to go to the vet, no. but when I make a right onto the street that the vet is on, he starts hyperventilating and trying to break out of his seatbelt. Like, because he's so excited to be there. He's like, bye, leave. I don't need you anymore. He, Please go. He thinks Michelle's there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is real sad if we're there and she's not, I don't know what's going to happen the next time I take him to the vet. Oh, well, you have to, you have to bring him to Florida. Oh, I don't know about him on a plane that. Yeah. You guys make a drive then. Sir. No, see you, you rent, you rent a, a car service to drive you. I can't sit still that long. Like I cannot, I cannot uh, be in a car for that long. It's a whole trip thing. You can stop in different places. I know I, you can stop I at Bucky's. You can stop I, at Bucky's. You can. I hate car trips. <laughs> we did so many twenty-hour, twenty-four-hour, twenty-six-hour, thirty-six-hour car trips as a ch when I was a child that I just. I'm with you. I'm with you. Listen, every summer, every summer when my when we got out of school, my dad being a pastor 
he would either, we would either go up the East Coast, we would leave from Dallas, and we would either go up the East Coast and see his family in New Jersey, or we would go to the West Coast and see my mom's family in California, and he would have speaking engagements all along the way, and it was me and my sister in the back seat of the car while dad's driving, and I'm, I'm with you, those eight, nine-hour days of, of going from here to somewhere in Louisiana, and then he would preach in Louisiana, and then we'd be back in the car on Monday, and driving a few hours until he would preach somewhere Wednesday night. And oh yeah. But I got to see a lot of the country that way as a kid. I can say I've been to every state in the United States. I've been to all 50. That is amazing. Yeah. My yeah. car sickness prevents me from enjoying literally any of it. <laughs> Being in the backseat dry haven and whining uh -huh. and then getting yelled at because I'm dramatic and my family hated it. It is what it is. <laughs> love road trips but i also fall asleep immediately so i'm just sleep the whole time i was gonna say Deanna so, wakes up when you're there so she she's not a good dj or like a, a navigator no, no no not a good companion <laughs> so you 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 better have a gps and you better have a playlist already picked out because she's not gonna help you at My all heart is in it though i will try i will try and you need to be good with your own demons because she's not gonna talk like she's gonna be asleep so you're just listening to yourself think mm -hmm. or you could have you could have imaginary conversations or arguments with her about her sleeping while you're on the trip and you being the only one awake those arguments are not imaginary <laughs> they are real and they are happening she doesn't have to respond but there is a fuss happening i mean <laughs> you know those arguments that you have in the shower like you know what i should have said this yes. and then and then all yeah you have those arguments in the shower about what you should have said or what would have sounded better yeah mm -hmm. and she's completely <laughs> unbothered so you know by the time it gets over with You've worked through all your issues. She wakes up and everybody's okay. She's fine. We have there, there you go. Well, thank you, Donovan. <laughs> hey, my pleasure. Yeah, this has been so much fun. We appreciate you being here so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I know you so much better too. That was amazing. All right. That was so much fun. So much fun. Yeah. He's so much fun to hang out with because he's, I mean, obviously he's a good storyteller. So it's just like, yeah. Yeah. I could listen to his stories all day. I feel that happens a lot of times where I'm like, wait a minute, but you said you have more in there. There's more like, in there. Please go back. I have questions now. I want to know you better. But we do have to go. So yes. <laughs> was like, we, was like, at some point we have to wrap this up so we yeah. don't have a five hour recording. Exactly. But, <laughs> but that was a lot of fun. We actually did a mock interview on our way to um, Michelle's birthday dinner. He was like, well, pretend like you're interviewing me. And so we started and I was like, oh no, I need to interview you for real. This is oh, good. Nice. So yeah, that was great fun. Great fun. Oh, you guys, Diani has a certain look on her face. Why do you do this? Why do you enjoy this so much? <laughs> I don't know. Probably because it happens to me. So then when it happens to you, I'm like, uh, not just me especially because I was really prepared for a long time and then now I'm back to my old ways <laughs> back on my BS oh my goodness ooh, ooh. do you have hibiscus by any chance I think I have some in my cabinet yeah okay we're gonna do a a mezcal cocktail with hibiscus and cilantro hibiscus and cilantro 
that sounds like some stuff that don't go together. Although, let me say this, you guys. Well, the cocktail we made tonight did not go together. And that was delicious. I'm probably going to make myself a second one that's not as strong. We'll see what happens. I might pour from my heart. I don't know. I just don't like the name of that one, so I'm not going to go with it. Okay, what are we drinking? It's called Honey and Smoke. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <gasps> is that us? Should we rename the podcast? Okay. Which one of us is honey and which one is smoke? You're honey and I'm smoke, like that. Well, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. People were like, where's Boomtown stores? We were like, interviews with honey and smoke. <laughs> I love it. Oh, your voice was so good. It was so perfect for it. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> that was great. But either one of us really could be honey or smoke because, yeah, I'm sweet and you crazy, but also. <laughs> But also, I'm spicy and you a little chill. Yeah, like it. It I was like it works both ways. Yeah, we're both a little honey and a little smoke. (laughs) Like you don't want the smoke, first of all. Okay, we could do a little (laughs) (laughs) rebranding. Okay, so the cocktail is called Honey and Smoke, and it just goes for honey, simple syrup, mezcal, ginger beer, and lime juice. Oh, that sounds good. Is it alcoholic ginger beer or non-alcoholic ginger beer? Or does it say? Oh, it doesn't. I just assumed um, non-alcoholic ginger beer. Okay. Yeah. It's just my extra, extra self. It's like, oh yeah, just more alcohol. Top, I, top me off. I honestly didn't know that there was a ginger beer with alcohol in it. Uh-huh. You learn something new every day. They, they put alcohol in everything now. I found some in some formula the other day. Oh, in formula, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. For the babies? Yeah. Okay. For people who like to nurse their drinks. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was fantastic. Like, that was great. That was a good I put that in the bank. That was a good bird. Like, that was, that was A1. And that'll bring us back to the four out of four thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys, we are, we are high rating this cocktail. I feel great. I mean, I, I've had one and I feel tipsy, but I don't feel like drunk, which is great. Yeah. I've only had one as well, and I don't feel out of control. I don't think we were, it's not like the Grinch where. Oh no, what, I was like, you can have one and be done with the Grinch. If you have two, you're, I mean, you're in a fun place with two Grinches, a fun place. I feel very chill and I don't, it's something about the smokiness that makes Yeah, I was like, it's just kind of like, hey, I'm in, a, I'm in a good mood, I'm laid back, I'm relaxed. But like happy relax. You know, sometimes you get relaxed and you feel like you're melting into the chair. No, and I, yeah, I don't feel sleepy relaxed. I feel yeah. like sexy relaxed. Uh, like, yeah. You know what? You know what? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. I like it. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Well, as always, th- thank you guys for joining us. If you have any stories that you want to send in, boomtownstories at gmail.com. If you want to just say hi, if you want to tell us about your favorite cocktail we would love that i would love to hear about other people's favorite cocktails i like knowing new things and um we'll probably feature it because it means that you did our homework for us and that's my favorite kind of homework that would be great actually (laughs) (laughs) like somebody said this let's do this one this is easy we're already we picked it and follow us on the socials comment like share subscribe all yeah. the things, you guys. All the things. Born children. Yeah. Tell. Wait. What? Hmm? What did you say? Give us your firstborn children. 
you've been in California too long. <laughs> you get back down here and get some of this Southern Jesus because I don't know what they're giving you up there, but. You the one that wants to start a cult. Why are you putting my business in the streets? Conrad, come get your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> my mama knows I want to start a cult. She's not even surprised. She's not surprised. My mama's like, yeah, that tracks. That sounds like my daughter, 100%. Whenever I hear about foolishness, I know she started it because I didn't birth the follower. You know what I mean? <laughs> birth the leader. You're welcome. Oh, I believe in you, though. <laughs> I think we can get you these followers. Y'all, if y'all want to follow Shanae's cult, email us. Boomtownstories. I <laughs> <laughs> key foolishness. I key foolishness. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, you guys, please. Yeah, all the things she said. Follow us, follow the socials, like the things, tell your friends. Um, and we love you for being here. We love you for coming and hanging out with us week after week. It's awesome. We hope you're as nosy as we are. Not too nosy, though. No, just as nosy as we are. Like, so you like hearing about other people's stories, like finding out their business. Okay, cool. Okay. I do have one of my dancers that I have recently nicknamed uh, a Crane. Um, and she said, why? And I said, because you are so incredibly nosy. Every time I'm talking about you, like, well, what are you? I was like, she's, I was like, you are always in the mix. You are always in the mix. Too much. And she goes, well, I don't like that name. Stop calling you that. And I was like, and I will. Cause I, I understand that. I don't want you to feel like I'm bullying you. I will. As soon as you stop being nosy enough for me to call you that. And then something happened and she was like, okay, but, um, and I was like, Nozetta. And she was like, oh man. Yeah. Okay. I see it. I see it. I love that. And she, I was like, and she went and got back in her spot. I get a text message and I'm like, wait, what? She comes over and looks at my phone. No. She's eight. Mm-mm. She's eight. She's eight years old. Well, don't take it that far. Like, you don't. What's so to- funny? Hey, what y'all doing? Like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. No, no, no. If we just happen to overhear and we know the whole storyline, I'm going to share it with you. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's great and it's hysterical. She's a, a brilliant, phenomenal little dancer. She is very, she I was like, she does like to be in the mix, but like, I do not care. Live your best life, girl. Get out of my business. Mm-hmm. But, but we here for it. I understand. I was like, I do get it. I was like, I want you to know that. I share that same energy. I just also need you to sit down. Mm-hmm. You're in the middle of a routine and you hopped out to see what was going on on my phone. We cannot have that love. Mm-mm. But I might need her services later. She could probably do some stuff for you. Yeah. <laughs> she tells me like her school teacher's business literally all the time. And I'm like, you got to stop. Okay, but what happened next? Yeah. Yes. That's a mess. Oh my goodness. Okay, go back to your spot. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Again, you guys, we love you. So I guess that all that's left to say at this point is until next time. Boom, baby. Hey.